0: Well, good morning, LifePoint. It is great to be with you today, and uh, appreciate you spending part of your Sunday um, just to worship with us. And um, if you're new to LifePoint, so glad that you're here. Um, Just want to share a few things with you. Um, You can grab your phone. It's okay to do here. Grab your phone and open up your web browser, and you can head to lpguest.com. That's lpguest.com. Or you can use the the camera app on your phone and scan that QR code uh, on the back of the chair in in front of you. Um, That's going to take you to uh, a handful of helpful resources today. Uh, Probably most relevant for you is it's going to take you to some message notes for today where you can see scripture, some key points, and take your, your own notes there. It will also take you to a digital guest card that takes less than 60 seconds to fill out. Um, and so it, at the bottom of that digital guest card are five ministries that we are already partnered with. You can pick the one that means the most to you. And we'll make an additional $5 donation in your honor. That way you can do something good and, and kind just for, for being with us today. Well, my name's Corey, as many of you know, but I serve as a teaching pastor here at, at Plain City. And, and last week we began a brand new series called Not Without Hope. And this series, we find ourselves in the book of First Thessalonians. And like all of our series, we have a big idea. And the big idea for this series is this, that, that Jesus is the source of enduring hope. And I like to make that personal and just say, Jesus is the source of my in, enduring hope. And as we jump into to things today, I'm reminded just how important our words are. How important are our, our words are. Because words tell us something about a a person. They tell us something about the person speaking. They can, a person's words can tell us about their character. It can tell us about their nature. It can tell us about their likes and their dislikes, their personality, their, their views. We could say it like this, words reveal, words reveal. Not only do words reveal, but when we speak, all of us like to be heard, right? That that when we get ourselves in situations where someone does not pay attention to the words we're saying or, or truly hear us or they dismiss what we're, we're sharing about or they ignore applying what we're saying, assuming it's, it's good advice, right? Those moments can be, be frustrating to us because words matter. Well, in, in chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians, Paul shares about how this young church in Thessalonica not only received the words Paul said, but how they received God's word. So, if you have your Bible or your Bible app today, I want to invite you to turn there with me. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it's there in in the New Testament. Um, And as you get there, uh, chapter 2 opens up and it centers around Paul and, and his team when they first came to Thessalonica. And, and throughout this entire chapter, Paul is, is reminding the Thessalonians of how he and his team ministered to them. He's reminding them of the manners in which they modeled for them. And, and he's reminding them of the, the motives that Paul and his team came with. And he's doing this, he's reminding them of these things, because he wants them to pass down these these same things. He wants to remind them of the good example that Paul and his team showed. And now, we do this all the time, don't we? We teach and try to pass down things like good manners, a good work ethic, how to be a gentleman or a lady, how to care for others, what good character or integrity looks like. This reminds me of way back in the day when I... Uh, served as a student pastor, there were these special evenings where where we had food for the students right and we 'd line them all up and we 'd kind of move them through through the line and we would have to teach the leaders would have to teach all of thomas 's was, was with me, and he remembers we would have to teach them like you cannot take ten pieces of pizza right now right there 's eighty five people behind you. We had to teach them these lessons over and over again, and when these leaders got together i 'll be honest we were like What's going on at home that they don't have these manners already, right? And the most amazing thing, again, the most amazing thing was most of the worst, or the worst offenders a lot of times were the ladies. It was the girls. We had to teach the girls. You can't, you can't take all those. So uh, just we're teaching and we're passing down things all the time, whether young or whether old. That's a reality in our lives. But much in the same way, we find Paul passing down a spiritual example to the Thessalonians here. Something for them to imitate. Something for them to to pass along to the next generation of, of believers. And as we read about last week, right, the Thessalonians definitely picked up on what Paul had taught and what Paul had passed down. Because Paul wrote and said, you've become an example to all the other believers around you. And so what I'd like to do today is focus on just one thing Paul praised the Thessalonians for doing well. It was something they learned from Paul, and it was something they were passing along to others, and it's something that I believe we should learn and pass along to others. And if we grasp it, I believe it's vitally important you know, to sharing with the next generation of believers. And if we grasp it, I believe in the process it helps us lean into Jesus as the source of our enduring hope so if you were with us last week we sprinted through all of chapter one together right today we're going to slow down a bit and we're just going to focus on one verse in chapter two so if you find verse 13 with me that's the verse we're going to look at today it's here Paul writes and he says we also thank God constantly for this what is Paul constantly thankful for that you received the word of God which you heard from us you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is. Paul says, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. So we're going to look at three things this morning, right, that Paul was thankful for in the lives of these believers. Three things worthy of anyone passing down to someone else. Three things that that bring us hope. All of which deal with God's word or words to us. Which, just to be clear, is the Bible. It's the scripture, okay? Okay. And as we examine these three things, we're going to do so by asking ourselves three questions. And the first question is this. How do I receive the word of God? How do I receive the word of God? Think about that in a personal way today. Paul writes here in in, in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, he says about the Thessalonians, You receive the word of God, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God right? Here's what Paul's saying. Hey, when we brought to you a a, a word and taught to you that you knew it wasn't just some religious philosophy, you knew that it wasn't some just just self-help advice, you knew that it wasn't something that I, Paul, or Silas, or Timothy came up with on our own. It wasn't man's truth, but it was God's truth. And the Thessalonians, Paul says, receive this, receive what Paul taught, The very words of God speaking. And that's important for us because what he taught has become what we have recorded as the Bible to us. And I was thinking about this this week, that we have the Bible, right? Some of us have physical Bibles. Some of us have... Bible apps on our phone, right? We, we have it more readily available to us than any other society in the history of the world. Again, it's on our phone, it's on our tablets, it's on our laptops. We have version after version. We don't even have to read it. We can hit a button and somebody reads it back to us. And we have reading plan after reading plan. We have almost endless accessibility to God's word, the Bible. So for you and I today, it's not a matter of how can we access God's word? What's more important is how do we receive it? And this is so important that we're gonna hang on this first question probably more so than, than the other two. And as we do, I just wanna share a, a few characteristics about God's word that should impact on how you and I receive it into our lives. First characteristic is, is this. The word of God is inspired. The word of God is inspired. 2 Timothy 2 uh, 2 Timothy 3:16 says, "All Scripture is breathed out by God. Some versions say God breathed there." 2 Peter um, verse, uh, chapter one verse 21 says, "For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. These words carried along give imagery of a ship being carried along by the wind or the current." Now the Bible was written over 1500 years. There was 40 different authors, three continents, three different languages. But don't think for a second that God was not behind, involved in, authoring, and carrying along all of it. I've heard it explained like this. It resonated with me, and maybe this this example resonates with you. It's like someone who plays a trumpet and breathes into the instrument, and their fingers control the flow of their breath, Through the tubes. Well, God breathed his words through his instruments, men, and he controlled the very parts of of their speech, and he used all of that in them without violating the human writer at all. And in the process, it's as if the writers of scripture raised their sails in cooperation with God, and the Holy Spirit carried them along in the direction he wished. That's how, I don't know, that, that kind of stuck with me in thinking about how God used human writers to carry out what he wanted said in, in the Bible. So the question for us as we begin, right, do we have a heart that says, this is the inspired word of God, that God has spoken to us? That's the first characteristic. The second characteristic is this, that the, the word of God is inerrant or without error, Numbers 23 and verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? In the the book of Titus, it says God cannot, cannot lie. In Hebrews, it says it's impossible for God to lie. That if God is the author of the Bible and he is, And if it's impossible for God to lie, then it means that God's word to us in its original form is without error. That it has no mistakes in it. It has no inaccuracies in it. That it has no contradictions in it. This means that when God speaks about creation, about Adam and Eve, about marriage, or or the flood, or the origin of languages, or relationships, or right and wrong, when God speaks about Jesus or the resurrection or, or, or the future, that he speaks authoritatively and he speaks without error. And regardless of how scholarly someone is that comes along, if they contradict God's word, they're wrong and God's right. Because when God speaks, that settles it. Because God's word is always true. So it's inspired. It's without error. We also see that the word of God is infinitely exhaustible. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 35 that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This means that, that God's word is without measure, it's without end, that is infinite. And at the same time, God's word can transcend our thoughts. At times it goes beyond our, our comprehension, that it's inexhaustible. Right, God says in Isaiah 55, 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Paul, who knew the scriptures inside and out, says in Romans chapter 11, oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom of knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? And I say, praise God that his word is infinite and exhaustible. Because this this means this, that everything God says, if it's infinite and it's inexhaustible, everything in the Bible is not out of date. That it's relevant and that it's applicable to our lives right here and right now. And since God's word is without measure and without end, that means we can have a confident hope that it speaks into our lives right now. That it speaks into our struggles and our pain and our marriages and our parenting. It speaks into our relationships and our doubt and our fears and our anxieties and our sin and our past and our into our future and even into the unknown. That God's words are infinite and they're inexhaustible. They're inexhaustible. In this way, like I don't know if you've experienced this, I know I have, that if you've ever read a piece of scripture, and maybe you've read it over and over again, or read past it over and over again, and then one day you open up the Bible and you read that piece of scripture again, and all of a sudden it speaks into your life like you've never read it before. It's because God's word is inexhaustible. If if you've ever heard someone make a comment on, on the Bible or a piece of scripture or an observation about it, you're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. It's because God's word is inexhaustible. If there's been a piece of scripture that's kind of stumped you or or been a mystery to you or puzzled you, but then all of a sudden one day, it's like God just opens it up and reveals it to you. It's because his word is inexhaustible. In those moments, you've experienced the inexhaustibleness of God's word. I don't even know if inexhaustibleness is a word, but we're gonna go with it today, okay? It fits. And I say it should be. I say God's word should be infinite, and it should be inexhaustible. Because have you ever thought about this? If God's word had an expiration date, if we could fully figure out the mind of God, he would not be worthy of worshiping. If we could figure him out, he would not be worthy of, of following or, or consulting or obeying. If we could figure out God, then he'd be no different than, than you or I. But the fact is that God God and his ways are always everlasting. And that God is, b- ways are beyond ours. And it's just a re- wonderful reminder to us. And it gives us a confident hope that he is worthy alone of being God. So his word is inspired. It's without error. It's infinitely exhaustible. And the word of God also, it infiltrates. It infiltrates Hebrews four twelve. Says the word of God is living, active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and it's discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Right? Listen to, to some of the words again that the Hebrew writer, or the writer of Hebrews puts in here. They say God's word is living. In other words, it's alive. And it's like a living seed that goes deep down into the soil of our soul that germinates and regenerates us. He says here that that God's word is active, that it's powerful. This word active also means energetic and strong, digging down to the depths of our being. Here in Hebrews it says it's stabbing or piercing to the depths of our our soul. In, In other words, God's word moves past All of our fakeness, God's word moves past all of our facades. God's word moves past us putting on a good face when we walk into church. And in that process, it says it discerns. God's word discerns or it reveals or it critiques our our true thoughts, our true heart, our true motives, our true will. That the word of God is is an instrument that the Holy Spirit uses to infiltrate our, our lives, bringing conviction, Bringing truth, bringing instruction, bringing correction, bringing training to our lives. And The last characteristic we're going to look at is this. The word of God is inescapable. John 12, verse 48, Jesus is speaking and he says this. The one who rejects me and does, does not receive my words has a judge. Who or what is that judge? Jesus says, it's the word that I have spoken That will judge him on the last day. In other words, no one will get away from God's word. It's inescapable. That those who set aside, dismiss, or push off, or ignore God's word, ignore the teachings of Jesus, ignore the claims of Jesus. Jesus says they'll be judged by those very words. They'll be judged by those very claims. They'll be judged by those very teachings. I read a short example the other day that I think relates to to this last characteristics. And it was a story about a man from England who was living in the United States. He was arrested for driving his car on the wrong side of the road. And when he was brought before the judge, he said, Your your Honor, I'm from England, and in England we drive on the left-hand side of, of the road. And the judge replied to this man, and he said, Sir... You are not being judged by the laws of England, but by the laws of the United States. And the law in the United States says that you must drive on the right-hand side of the road. Therefore, sir, your plea is inadmissible. We must be very careful to ignore the inescapable word of God, which contains the very truth and law by which we will ultimately be judged. And like the man from England, ignorance of God's word will be no excuse. What we see here is that God's word, the Bible, reveals to us who he is. And his word is inspired, inerrant, infinitely inexhaustible. It infiltrates our lives, and it's inescapable. And so it does us good in this moment right now to ask ourselves and to examine our lives and to to reflect and ask, how do I receive the Bible? Is it just another book or collection of books that I have on my shelf do, do I view it as something a bunch of people wrote a long time ago that's irrelevant to right now? Is it just words on a page? Is it just good advice or, and a truth amongst many truths in the world? Is it something that I simply pick and choose from when it benefits me? Or do I see it as God's very word to me? How do I receive the word of God? Second question we're going to look at, and I promise it will be quicker from here on out. How do I hear the word of God? How do I hear the word of God? Look at verse 13 in 1 Thessalonians again with me. Paul writes that we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us. Paul says that Thessalonians received the word of God, and the word received means to accept from another and to hear audibly. But then Paul goes on to say they heard the word of God. This word here, the word heard, means to welcome, but it's much more than just hearing audibly. It means to welcome with the hearing of one's heart. The believers in in Thessalonica not only just audibly heard Paul, but they took what he had to say into their inner being and and made it a part of their, their lives and who they were. And now listen, we have all Heard things, but not truly listen to them, right? We, we've all been there before, right? I, I, maybe it's something as simple as you've heard a song, but you've never really listened to it. But then when you really listen to it, you're like, oh my gosh, those words really, those lyrics, they speak to me today, right? Every teenager in this room, every adult in this room when they were a teenager, right? You heard your parents, but you didn't listen to them. One of the most amazing words that re- comes in our household is after I speak is the word what? And I'm like, did you not? Like, what is going on right now? I spoke in English, didn't I? Right? And listen, every husband, all the husbands, raise your hands. Come on, raise your hands, husbands. There you are. All right, you just admitted you're guilty on this next one before you even knew it. All the husbands have heard their wives but not really listen to their wives, right? You're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, and you're focused on the game. You know it's third and 12, and you want your team to get that first down, and your wife's talking to you from the corner. You're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, babe, yep, okay. You didn't listen, you didn't listen. You may have heard her, but you didn't listen, right? Here's the deal. We can do the same thing with the word of God, can't we? We can hear it, but we can really fail to listen to it and allow it to be part of our inner being and accept it into our, our hearts, Right? Jesus spoke about this. Jesus warned people about the wrong kind of hearing. He says in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. In other words, make sure that you hear. Use every opportunity to truly hear the word of God. Jesus says, just just don't also make sure that you hear. He says in the Gospel of, of Mark, he says, pay attention to what you hear. How often as believers do we hear the word of God either at church or if you're a student, maybe you hear it at, at student ministry or in a life group or at a family devotion, and then we simply walk away, we jump onto social media, we binge on YouTube, we binge on a streaming app, and we erase the impression made by the word of God. Don't just take Jesus says, don't just take care of that you hear or how you hear. In the Gospel of Luke, he says, "Take care," or he says, "Take care how you hear also," and and how you hear is so important to us today, with so many voices speaking into our lives. How we hear is so important because we must be very careful to avoid having itching ears and hearing only what we want as religious entertainment. We must be very careful how we hear, avoiding being too lazy to apply ourselves to actually focus when God's word is is being spoken. We must be very careful on how we hear, not just taking what anyone says to us. Well, hey, God says this and God says that and never testing the spirits and never taking what someone says and actually balancing and bouncing it up against the truth of God's word. So we see this morning key questions for us. How do I receive the word of God? How do I hear the word of God? And number three, how do I accept or apply the word of God? How do I accept or apply the word of God? Paul in verse 13 says, when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted. And this word accepted here means to consider right, to react favorably to, or to apply See, it's not enough for you and I to appreciate the Bible. It's not enough for you and I to accept the Bible. We must apply it. Application, not information, leads to life change. Application, not information, leads to life change. Application makes all the difference, right? It would be like someone drowning in the ocean, and and you throw a life vest to them, and they go, hey, I acknowledge that that's a life vest, I know that 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 life vest could save me and I appreciate that life vest, but that person never accepting the life vest and never putting it on. It would do them no good, right? That's why the Bible says, do not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. That's why the Bible says, don't be a hearer who forgets, but be a doer who acts. So we sit here today, right? Three vitally- important and impactful questions for you and I this morning. How do I receive the word of God? How do I hear the word of God? And how do I accept or apply the word of God? This is part of the reason why last week we asked us to, as a church, to read through First Thessalonians together, to take a chapter a day and, and read through it. It's why tomorrow we're going to be releasing a daily devotional um, to get us into God's Word. So starting tomorrow morning, just want to let you know that Monday through Saturday of each week, for the rest of this series, we're going to have a portion of 1 Thessalonians that we are going to go through together. And you can access that through the LifePoint app. Right when you open up the app, it's going to be right there, right? So it's important to make sure you have that app downloaded you open that devotional up and you're gonna get a, a written Devo by our Next Steps team along with a daily drive cast that speaks to those, those verses. And so as we start this year, I don't know where you find yourself, but I wanna just remind you that there's no better way than to, to start the year than developing a habit of getting into God's word on a consistent daily basis. So that'll be available for you tomorrow morning to help us with what we're talking about today. But as we close this morning, what if I told you this? Like, what if I told you that God was going to show up and talk with you today, right? What if we advertised that and marketed that and just shouted that to the world, that God's gonna show up? He's gonna show up at 6240 Lucas Road today and he's gonna speak to the people. How amazing would that be? How many people would be like, I gotta go check this thing out. I gotta see what's, what's happening here. Here's the reality. He has. God has spoken and he is speaking and he's doing it through his written word, the Bible that you and I so readily hold in our hands every single day. Let that sink in for a moment. Let that truth change us today. That we have God's words and heart and mind every single day right in front of us. How often do we not realize that? How often do we flippantly just let this sit unopened or move through it idly? But as we leave today, I I hope, I really do, I pray that we receive God's word as just that, God's word. That we truly hear God's word and allow it to speak into our hearts and our mind and our soul. And that we apply God's word to our lives. When we do, here's the cool thing. Just like the Thessalonians, something wonderful happens. The end of verse 13, Paul says this about the word of God, that it was at work in you believers, right? God has spoken and still speaks through his written word, and that word powerfully and actively works in our lives. God's word, when we, when we do the things we talked about today, it goes to work in our, our lives, These words here, at work, right, they mean to perform, they mean to function, it means to to operate, it means carrying energy and having power. It could be said like this, that the word of God is made energetic in those of you that believe, or that God's word is the power in the lives of those that believe. You see, when we believe God's word, when we obey it, right, he releases through his word, this, this divine energy that works in our, our lives to fulfill his purposes. And, and check this out. In, in the original language, the way these words are written, the way the words at work are, are written, they're written in what's called the present continuous tense. The present continuous tense, that, that indicates an action that is happening now, happening frequently, and will continue to happen in the future. What Paul is is saying here is that there's a wonder working power in the word of God that always has been, always is, and always will be at work in the lives of believers. How amazing is that? Does anyone need that power in their lives today? I would say I do. I know I do, right? That in the midst of my uncertainty in life or anxiety in life in the midst of desiring to be a better uh, husband, wanting to be a better friend, wanting to be a more loving father, in my life wanting to experience victory over temptation and the enemy or following Jesus with all of my heart or finding strength when I experience difficult times or when I experience loss or when I want to just endure times of testing or, or suffering or I'm searching for purpose, or I'm looking for that confident hope, I know for me, I desperately need to receive. I desperately need to hear. I desperately need to apply and allow God's word to be at work in my life. This is what Paul had taught and passed down to the Thessalonians. This is what the Thessalonians were teaching and passing down to others around them. This is what you and I have the opportunity to teach and pass down to those around us. And in the process, it's gonna lead us closer to Jesus, our source of enduring hope. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we would leave today maybe seeing the power and the truth of your word like never before. God, would um, would we hopefully later today or tomorrow when we open up your word and read it, would we truly receive it as you speaking? Would we truly hear it to our innermost being? And would we truly apply it to every area of our lives? Lord, would we just submit to its truth submit to its power. We thank you that it's alive and it's active and it guides us and it teaches us. May we not take it for granted. May we cling to it tightly and may we allow it to just be at work in our lives, allowing us to lean into Jesus more and more, allowing it to make us more like Jesus each and every day. It's in his name that we pray, amen.